0: Yep. Crank that top off there, Trav. It's time for another edition of the Happy Hour Hangout podcast. Uh, I'm your host, Stephen, and uh, that guy that's popping tops already is uh, Travis Neal. Travis, what's up? What's up, buddy? How are you? I'm good, man. I, you and I haven't had a really good conversation in a couple of days. I went down to Cape for for a wedding, and uh, I know you were busy with the twins doing some fun swimming activities. What's uh, What's happening in your life?
1: Oh man, that's you about nailed it. I'm uh kind of sort of getting back into like out in the field for work, so that's uh that's exciting. So I've been uh getting progressively busier, uh, so that's a, those are good things. And uh, yeah, sorry about my my early uh, popping of the top here, but uh, <laughs> I could use a cold beer, so I uh, I didn't want to give you a chance to do all the pleasantries, I just popped it, and so we're here. <laughs> well, that's
0: a, that's right. I know I I get I get your feeling, so it's. <laughs> lot going on and sounds like it sounds like our lives are starting to get a little bit busier hopefully so hopefully uh, um let's go ahead and jump right in uh we're gonna do our taste test here um i i think i'm gonna i'm gonna go first this time yeah that's all right with you so like i just said i actually just spent uh the weekend in cape Girardeau, missouri our old stomping grounds i know you were there for the july 4th weekend Uh, And I, ironically, was actually there the weekend prior to that. So either you or I have been in Cape Girardeau the last three weekends. So anyway, I went and had lunch uh, at a place called Minglewood Brewery, which is a new place uh, that opened up a couple years ago. Uh, So my taste test today is the Minglewood Brewery. It's called Fact Check Pale Lager. Check as in C-Z-E-C-H, the correct spelling on it um and it's a really really cool thing of how i came across this so before i let me pop this this top real quick before i go into my little spiel here oh yeah that came out real good so i got mine a little stronger and i see in the notes that i uh i almost beat you in 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 the uh the (laughs) alcohol content so this is a pale lager it's got 5.8 percent alcohol content keeping them IBUs low, like I usually do, 35 IBUs. And it is basically, so, so this this brewery, I know you've been here. Have uh, if if you drank here before?
1: Uh, no, actually, I haven't. Um, I
0: could have sworn yeah. that we've gone there once once or, or twice uh, when we've been back in town. But it basically, it opened up uh, in 2015, but the building that it's in is a, a former Masonic lodge. It was actually built uh-huh. in 1891. You and I know uh, downtown cave is quite you know historic, um, and um, and now houses Minglewood Brewery. So the owner is named Stuart Matthews. Opened the brewery in January of 2015, um, and they brew about seven original uh, of their own craft brews. And they're known for obviously the beer and making uh, making pizza. And so what's cool about them is a lot of the yeast from Pizza actually goes into their beer making, which huh. I would think that a lot of other places um, do that, but it's the first place I've ever heard of that actually does that. So if that's I thought that was that yeah, was really that's a fun cool. fact. Yeah. So, but the coolest thing about this is so they they don't sell anything for distribution, uh, so you can't really get it anywhere else, but you can order. A, you know, cans of these. And so you, you can order one can, four cans, 25 cans, you know, whatever you want. Um, and they actually will can it in front of you. So they've got a little canning station at the bar where they pour everything into this container, then they they, they they seal it and can it and then give it to you. So I ordered four of these things. Uh, it's got the Minglewood uh, logo on it. And I don't know, I just thought it was the coolest thing. So I definitely made sure I got a four pack to bring home. Um, from the weekend, so really wanted to give them a shout out because uh, it was a wonderful time eating there. Got to hang out with my buddy, our buddy Lucas Sternberger, uh, who's always a good time, and uh, and drink some pretty cool, different beer. So that's my taste test for you.
1: All right, so I'm uh, I'm happy to do my taste test today. I went uh, I went local uh, with oh. the Maryland Heights Brewery, uh, one that uh, frankly I hadn't heard of. Um, so I'm excited to try Solomon Schnucks. Uh, love the can thought all right let's do this so i went with six mile bridge uh it's a double dry hopped citra ipa Um, so it is uh citra ipa is definitely what it is it is very uh citrusy flavoring uh the ipa but i really really like this beer um popped one open as i was uh kind of prepping for the show here and um, it's, uh, it's definitely on the better side of the IPA. I won't say it's the best, but it's, uh, it's, it's up there. It's a pretty good one. So, uh, I pleasantly surprised by this kind of got a cool little can. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I don't know if you've seen these in schnooks or not, Steve, but they're, uh, ooh, excuse me, they're really good. So their website, a uh, couple fun things. So their website talks about this beer with enjoying with tamales, tacos and trivial pursuit. So I don't, I don't know if you're a big trivial pursuit guy, but apparently this pairs well with that. Um, and at the, uh, at the top of the can, Steve, it reads, there are no such things as strangers, only friends you have not met yet. Wow. That is deep. So that's kind of, kind of inspirational. Uh, and then, uh, my favorite thing about this beer and, uh, I'm going to pull up their website just so I don't screw this up. Uh, but, um, Six Mile Bridge was uh, founded in 2015 uh, by a husband-wife team, and uh, the husband is actually from South Africa, uh, and they started a brewery in Cape Town, South Africa, called uh, 021 Brewing Company. Uh, His wife is a native of St. Louis, and that's how they ended up here in St. Louis, but After enjoying some success there, they moved back to uh, St. Louis, uh, started this brewery, um, and it's named Six Mile Bridge after a small town in Ireland uh, that is nestled exactly six miles between two major towns. And throughout history, the village has been a main thoroughfare where uh, travelers and locals come together for new uh, and old friends alike to share tales of their adventures over a pint of beer. So kind of a random, like, full circle Cape Town vibe. Got a little Ireland splashed in there. Um, Cool cans. They're out in Maryland Heights, and uh, they're here locally in the city schnooks. So, um, again, ranting and raving about this beer. This is a really good one. Uh, If you see them in stores, you should definitely give it a try. Um, And uh, that is my taste test. So hats off to you, Six Miles Bridge. Cheers. Yeah,
0: cheers to that. I
1: love that. You
0: know, I do always notice their cans because they're so vibrant, and uh-huh. and and you just you know exactly what what they are when you see them. I actually uh-huh. didn't realize that they were based out of here, which is really cool. So, always gotta always love uh, supporting local. So
1: absolutely.
0: Uh, so to kind of kick off the the show, I, I, you and I have kind of talked about this over the last couple of weeks, and thought it'd be kind of fun to start the episode by talking about this a little bit more. Um, and really, kind of the question of the matter is: Are you wearing a mask? And is this something that maybe you that you think that the government, local government, or public health officials in your area should is something that they should be enforcing to the public? And the reason that we've been kind of talking about this uh, is kind of like what I talked about in the beginning of the, the top of the, ep- the show here. Um, so two weeks ago, my wife and I went to an engagement party at a, a, in Sykeson, Missouri. Uh, which is about two and a half hours, uh, south of St. Louis city. And we were at a, 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 someone's backyard and it was probably maybe 20, 25 people. Clearly nobody was, you know, really practicing that much of social distancing. Obviously nobody had a mask on. Um, and then obviously last weekend you went to, uh, Cape for kind of a 4th of July thing with a, a kind of our circle of friends. You want to talk a little bit about that on as far as how, what it was like with, uh, doing all the activities you did and, and social distancing and things like that.
1: Yeah. You know, I, uh, I mean, as, as far as, um, uh, stringent, I guess, or, or, uh, of how we had been, how I had been prior, that was definitely the loosest I had been with it. Mm-hmm. Um, we, uh, we did a lot of, uh, outdoor games, some swimming, played golf. Um, and then, um, you know, we, we ate and hung out at, um, two of our friends' house. And so, um, I think, could we have been more strict of it? Sure. Uh, But we weren't going in any restaurants, uh, didn't go inside, and and certainly weren't um, sitting on top of anybody outside of a group of, you know, a handful of people. So um, in the grand scheme of things, it certainly wasn't super strict, but um, we weren't reckless about it either. So then, there's obviously, this past weekend,
0: my wife and I were back in Cape for... a a wedding um we had my wife was in the wedding so we were part of the of the uh rehearsal and then the rehearsal dinner uh that friday uh which actually had quite a few people in this in this location and there really was no way to social distance and there weren't really any masks and then saturday obviously we had the wedding which was an outdoor wedding essentially it was the reception was in a barn but and there was some mask wearing, um, you know, by, by a lot more elderly folk. And but and you, you could kind of be a little bit more on the social distancing side of things, but it was not the easiest by means. Um, and the reason why I, I kind of give this prelude here is because so St. Louis has been kind of under the public order of if you ever go out in public, you need to be wearing a mask. I mean, there's gas stations here that will not let you enter without a mask. Um, grocery stores like Schnucks, it's, it's, it's absolute must have. Cape Girardeau, in that area, as uh, actually as of today, we're recording this on Monday. They have to wear an, uh, a mask now in all public uh, forums, uh, and so obviously there's there's people that are for for it and against it. I believe there was some protesting actually today in Cape Girardeau, If you read the news. Um, <laughs>
1: That is awesome. That is awesome.
0: So the question is: is are you do are you doing no. your part, Travis, in wearing the mask? Do you think it's something that should be you know enforced? And I really I guess the third question really is: is it is it something that's that is enforceable uh, to the point of we're gonna we're gonna kick you out unless you have one one on? What what are your thoughts?
1: oh man this is a uh, this is a loaded question these are the kind of political questions i live for so
0: um
1: <laughs> i will i will start by saying this um as far as masks go i uh i err on the side of, of caution uh with my work uh i'm in and out of hospitals on a fairly regular basis um, true. we're doing surgeries and uh or and patient visits and you know for example today i met with a patient that was in his 90s and so um just from that perspective alone um yes i i'm i'm a personal proponent of mask um we had a little bit of uh, respiratory scare with winds when they were super ended up in the NICU for three weeks um and so i i think that that certainly played a, a factor in it and certainly um actually a couple months later that we were uh, back in the pick you uh, because of uh, RSV um, and so two respiratory issues kind of off the bat in their younger days It's kind of um, put this whole thing through a, a lens that uh, frankly I can't I can't shake. So I will start your question by saying yes, I try my best and uh, I feel like we've done a pretty good job uh, of, of social distancing and, and wearing a mask. Um, any and all times, uh, applicable. I don't go into a store without one. Um, you know, you won't see me going into a hospital, uh, any, I mean, basically any place public, I have a mask on. So let me start there. The thing I will say, uh, and the, the reason I chuckled about this political question, uh, and I view it in a political sense is because in, in my opinion, uh, I view myself, uh, as a right-leaning, um, Conservative with very strong ties to libertarianism, uh, and what what how I view that is that I think that the government screws up way too damn much to put them in charge of, frankly, hardly anything, right? Um, and that's just kind of how I view uh the world and how i view certainly u.s politics and so for that reason and that reason alone uh i don't think it should be mandated i don't think there's a lot that should be mandated um and i'm not really sure exactly how you could mandate something like this um, now do i think individual businesses do i think a place like chinooks deserves the right to post a sign and not let you enter their place of business without a mask Absolutely. I think every every business in the world has every right to do whatever they see fit in between their doors. Um, So it's kind of a double edged sword. I think that it should be policed based off of people that think it should happen so if target wants to have a mask only to enter i think you should have to wear a mask to go in there uh now do i think the cops should be pulling me over on my walk around the neighborhood because i don't have a mask on i mean that's nonsense but if you're not going to enforce it from that level how could you enforce it right mm-hmm. are they going to walk are you going to have like mass patrol that are going to walk around and find people i mean seriously so you, you have these you have this squath of people that think oh yeah we have to have we, we have to enforce this. Well, take a step back and think, how are you actually going to enforce this? There's no way to enforce this unless you are going to put people in prison, handcuff them or fine them. I mean, it's, so that's nonsense. And I don't think the government has any place or business doing that. Um, so I'm kind of all over the place there, but short answer, government, get the hell out individual businesses. If they want to mandate it, absolutely. And you're right. And on a personal level, I think it, it doesn't hurt you to put a mask on and it could help prevent transmitting the disease so as a personal opinion i wear a mask i think most people should especially out in public especially if you're around elderly people hopefully that summed up my position nicely (laughs) well and to be honest i think you you
0: essentially answered what my third question was which was can it even be enforced and the simple answer of that is no yeah no it's so it's so difficult now if it's on a a a business enforcement then yeah you can do that i mean Every business has has a right to say we will not serve or take you know allow you in just because we choose not to. Like they can choose to do that, Um, and so by using it through the course of the fact that we want you to wear a mask, and if you're not, you're not going to be coming in here, and that's just that's just how it is. But the fact that the government is going to be able to enforce it, and see that's why that's why I can't stand why people think that this is nothing but just a huge like government control. Uh, government like uh,
1: I can't think conspiracy
0: theory yeah I can't I can't conformity like a Uh a way for government informity and and I know people that think that there's nothing but this a a scheme to just control the the rights of Americans and I think that is ridiculous because there really is absolutely no way like hell I I run or walk outside in my neighborhood every day since I've been home and when in March, and I've never once worn a mask doing that, and I will not do that when I'm outside because I'm outside, I'm in the heat, I'm never anywhere within six feet of people, so having to enforce it and having like what you just said, the mask patrol, it's just it's just impossible and it's stupid and it's a waste of, of taxpayer dollars. Uh, now on my end, I I would say that I have been inconsistent. Um, when it's been required, I do wear one. Um, I've got like a, I've got a face shield and I've got a, an actual face mask because um, I wear glasses and they fog up and I look stupid. <laughs> but I will wear them when needed. Um, I will tell you when at the time when it wasn't needed, I wasn't wearing it. So you know, at the beginning, Schnucks, and sh- we are using Schnooks as kind of the benchmark as we do <laughs> shop there. So it's in not the just right outside just,
1: of our neighborhood. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: So it's not just like that's not just the one place that that exists in St. Louis City, but. You know, so at the time it was, you need to wear a mask. You need to follow these arrows, and I did that. And then when those went away, I did that as well. I, I didn't have a mask on, and I, you know, but I kept, you know, to myself most of the time, and and everything was fine. Now it's back to you need to have this on, but you know, you don't need arrows to show you which aisle you want to walk down. And so I have a mask back on again. The other thing too is, I, I'm, I'm kind of like one of those guys that. Uh, it walks in like into a room and gets noticed and instantly turns around and walks out. That's how I approach social distancing. So, you know, for example, if I walk into, let's just say an aisle, and there's like two or three people that are right there in front of me, I back out um, and then kind of go somewhere else. I constantly do whatever it takes to stay six feet away. Um, You know, keeping social distancing as much as possible, even if I have a mask on or a mask off, I will tell you that I've actually been going to, the gym this past week, uh, I actually went to the gym in, in Cape Girardeau and and I did the exact same thing that I've been doing at the gyms here. I stay as far away from people as possible. If I feel like I'm getting too close within that six feet range, I stop what I'm doing and I leave and I go somewhere else. Uh, anything that I touch, I I, I wipe down, um, you know, with a sanit- sanitation towel. I even wipe my own hands with a sanitation towel. I'm constantly, you know, using hand sanitizer, doing what people have told me to do throughout this whole Process, even if I'm wearing a mask or not. Um, so I guess really the point is when I'm absolutely needed to, I do it. No, I don't think the government can enforce it, but you know what? Just don't be, don't be an idiot about it. You know, like keep, you know, keep your hands sanitized, keep as far apart from people uh, as you can. Um, you know, if you absolutely have to be next to somebody for whatever reason, I mean, there are going to be times where you just can't help, but be next to somebody, well then take the proper sanitation efforts. Um, and right now, you know, that's dictated that we all have to wear a mask. So everywhere we go, you know, I have a mask walking into places. Um, most of the time I have a mask on and I have a mask walking out on, out of those places. Um, it sucks. Trust me. I'm a guy who sweats a lot. Uh, and I have a beard. And so that mask honestly makes my beards, my, my face sweat. Um, you know, I've got glasses, so I'm literally walking with nothing but foggy glasses the entire time. I look like an absolute moron, but at least, you know, I do it. Um, I don't like it and I would wish I'd give anything not to do it, but you know, people, sometimes people have to do what they don't like, it was something my dad taught me at a very young age, and you just deal with it for the commonwealth of, of, of the people because there's a lot of people that are getting sick. I think I think today's numbers it was 3.3 million confirmed cases with 135,000 deaths. Um, that's that's a four percent rate, um, you know. So it sucks, but you know what? People just need to live with
1: it. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> yep, I do. But I look forward to watching more protests because that's always entertaining. Yeah, I kind of like the uh, Cape Girardeau protest. I uh, that's uh, that's fascinating. A yeah. good old Cape. <laughs> <laughs> um,
0: okay, so we've got some some headlines that we kind of wanted to talk about. Uh, I we found four. I think where were the most interesting. Um, what do you what do you want to
1: start with? So I think I like we can this, uh, go in any
0: direction here with, with these, so I'm going to let you yeah. take
1: this pick. Yeah, so I like the Josh Hawley one, uh, so I'll, I'll awesome. take the take the reins here. Um, so uh, for those not in, in Missouri and not up-to-date on Missouri politics, Josh Hawley is a, a senator of ours. Um, U.S. Senator, and uh, he found himself in quite a little bit of a predicament here uh, with uh, Woj, uh, W-O-J. For those that don't follow the NBA, uh, Adrian Wojnowski uh, happens to be the uh, lead NBA reporter for ESPN. Uh, Well, Josh Hawley has been asking a lot of questions uh, to set kind of the tone for this whole thing. Uh, There was a situation back at the beginning of the season where... um, there was Hong Kong has had some protesting, and um, uh, Daryl Morey, if I remember right, is the uh, GM of the Houston Rockets, and he yep. had um, tweeted that he stands with Hong Kong. And Hong Kong, for those that don't know, is a uh, um, They're under China, but they had some democracy and uh, they were fighting for their rights, basically. Um, And they certainly, if you believe in the American values and our political system and everything else, um, Constitution, that bit, uh, they are closer to us than, of course, China. And so he tweets uh, what I believe and I I think is probably pretty uh, fair to assume would be a fair thing to say, that he stands with Hong Kong uh, and the people of Hong Kong. Well, Fast forward, um, the NBA has a ton of money and uh, revenue that they generate from China. Well, um, China has been putting some uh, constraints on whether they're able to. The NBA is able to get games broadcast, and basically a number of different things going on there. Um, and so, and so it's kind of became a hot topic. Well, a lot of the NBA players uh, are very. Um, they're very socially uh, aware, I think you might say. They, they, they have a lot of comments on American social issues. Um, and, and certainly the, a lot of the coaches do as well. And, and anyways, it's kind of this um, institution as the NBA is fairly well known for making commentary on uh, American politics, um, society as a whole in America. But when it came to Hong Kong, they all stopped and they, they didn't have anything to say. Um, and so Josh Hawley is asking these questions of, Why doesn't the NBA, why doesn't ESPN, why doesn't Walt Disney World, um, Disney Corporation, all of these places, why don't they, why aren't they asking China, uh, about Hong Kong? And a lot of things, this can kind of came up out of nowhere. And I'm, I'm probably butchering this a little bit to somebody that actually is super involved with this and understands it at a deeper level, but Hong Kong basically lost recently, um, a good amount of their freedom and individuality. China has, um, for lack of a better word, word kind of engulf them. <laughs> and so they don't have those democracy rights and things of that nature, right? Um, and so Josh Hawley's asking questions about that. Well, the whole thing kind of came to its head uh, in an email that he sent to ESPN uh, reporters, and Woes happened to be one of them, and Woes responded back with an email sent from his iPhone. And this is just, oh, man, kills me. But he writes, fuck you. And that's it. No other commentary on what he asked. Uh, nothing. And you have to go find this on Twitter, or on uh, certainly online. If you type in, I mean, it's easy to find. Holly email basically will will do the trick. And um, and so I, I just wanted to discuss this, Steve. Obviously, we're not uh, super international political people. Obviously, I kind of butchered the hell out of that. But um, you know, I, I'm curious your take on just all of this. Like, are you? <laughs> I mean, there's a part of me that personally thinks that it's funny that Woj hit him with the two line, two word response of a fuck you. Uh, But I also think that uh, Holly brings up good questions. And like, you know, if the NBA is going to have a lot of comments on everything um, in America, if there's a country that they have business in and Hong Kong is certainly one of them and China, obviously, is one. um, Why not stand with the people of Hong Kong um, and have a little bit of a backbone? I, I don't know, man. What do you think about this?
0: So a little bit more context. So the, the thing with Hong Kong resulted was a result of, I believe, China holding or being up in arms or holding a, I believe it was a reporter. And this all happened in, oh, my God. Last October. This was before,
1: yeah, this was before was, the season, right? This yeah. was like September, so, maybe October. Yeah. Okay.
0: So the NBA plays a lot of preseason games in China. It's like a it's like a little tour that they do with their big stars, and I mean it literally helps them make upwards of five hundred million dollars now in revenue. Yeah. And now a lot of that stuff is still in jeopardy. They're still trying to make reparations for Daryl uh, Morley's. Is it Worley or Morley? I think it's Morley. Morley, Morley yeah. <laughs> his his tweets about. These Hong Kong protests, and that's what they were—they were protests of, of pretty vicious and, and, and pretty insane protests, kind of what you were seeing, you know, about a month back here in America, and and so it really butchered the relationship with China and NBA, and it and it was they were the NBA was looking at losing hundreds of millions of dollars from this because china was so upset by this whole thing uh wrong or right essentially what it's about is 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 money and so now with with the nba reopening here in orlando you you know the nba is given and and for the record and i think it's pretty obvious by this point but the nba is one of the most player driven leagues in the entire world and you know Regardless of how you feel about that, that's just how it is. At least for 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 basketball. And so, with all the the social justice stuff that's happening right now, they're letting players change the back last names of their jerseys to say things like Black Lives Matter, or you know somebody else's names of people that have you know been killed to, due to police brutality, or, you know, or things like that. You know, for example, Kyle Korver, who uh, is a um, currently plays for the Milwaukee Bucks, um, big time three point shooter. He is a white person. He's his jersey for the rest of the season is going to say Black Lives Matter on the back instead of his last name. So that's kind of where the Josh Hawley's coming from on this. Of all right, well, you guys are doing this, but what about this whole thing with Hong Kong and China? You aren't saying anything. And yeah, right or wrong, the NBA probably isn't because it's it's a money thing. They're trying to repair a relationship that's going to cost them half a billion dollars, um, and then they're letting players you know dictate everything that's going on now by putting names uh, on on their jerseys. So anyway, the best part about this whole thing is the fact that uh, that was Woj's uh, professional account. So it was his uh ESPN.com, ESPN. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so a guy that works for espn.com, which is owned by Disney, literally sent a United States senator. It just yes. yeah. The best part is just the fact that it was he's a senator of Missouri, which, you know, yeah. we love more. Basically just saying literally, fuck you, period. <laughs> <laughs> so obviously Woj has been uh, suspended and um, suspended without pay, which is uh, a big deal. And what's even crazier is the fact that we don't know how long he's going to be suspended for. And obviously the NBA is going to return here just in about two to three weeks. And he's I mean, he's the biggest NBA insider in the entire universe right now. And he's now sitting at home, twiddling his thumbs. Probably not even allowed to be on <laughs> Twitter at this point. And the whole thing is just hysterical. I really would love to see like the letter that Josh Hawley had written, because um, I actually believe he sent a letter to Disney and the commissioner Adam Silver.
1: Uh, yeah, he that did. I think you the can,
0: reporters are part of. So yeah, yes.
1: you can you can find it online. It's uh it's pretty. He tweeted it out. Um, so it's you can you can kind of get a, a good idea of what he what he's writing. So it's I think hysterical. Next, yeah, um, it is. It's obviously it
0: is. A, it's a it's a money move. It's Adam Silver saying, you know what, with everything with COVID, everything with you know Black Lives Matter, and then everything with China. There's essentially three problems that he's dealing with, and he's probably going one thing at a time. Um, you know. And it's just, you know, obviously not everyone's going to gonna like that, but I just thought that, the, yeah, it's, I read that, I read the article about what was getting suspended without pay. And I, I lost it. Cause that's, I, that, does that guy really seem like somebody that's going to send a text or an email to basically just saying,
1: fuck you on it? <laughs> no, no, he doesn't. But what, what I think is almost even more interesting about this whole thing, Steve, is I think that he probably scores uh, an incredible amount of points. Uh, with the folks at ESPN for this, like on face, they had to do this, but I think that, um, his credibility with players, um, and how they view this situation, I, I would venture to say 90 plus percent of players, uh, have got Woj's back. And I think he become he cements himself even further into being, you know, the guy for, for, for basketball reporting, just, just a hypothesis.
0: Well, I think it's the same situation for Dan Lebatard. Dan Lebatard gets in more trouble at ESPN, and he's he's one of his biggest, their biggest radio personalities. Um, yeah, you know, and you know, somebody that comes from a minority group. Uh, he's got a lot of ends with the likes of football, basketball, and baseball, and things like that. And so, yeah, I mean, obviously, Rose probably isn't going to go anywhere. I mean, he's got more of an insider than. I yeah. mean, he's basically the Adam Schefter of of the right, NBA. The basketball. Just, right. The whole thing this just kind of came out of nowhere, uh, which is hysterical. So I love it. Let's, let's uh, uh,
1: yeah, go. You pick. You pick the next one.
0: Um, let's talk about the Redskins. All right, Wa- let's do it. The Washington Redskins. For those that have been living under a rock, um, <laughs> obviously everything that's been going on, there has been a new, more recent, uh, recent call for the. Uh, actually, it was. FedEx, so uh, to change the name of the Washington Redskins. Um, And this is actually something that has been going on for years and years and years and years. Um, There was actually a big push in 2016, I believe, to change the name. And then the owner, Dan Snyder, said no. Um, Well, then FedEx, which has naming rights to where the Redskins play football, to another request to to make that change and it became you found out yesterday that they were going to do it but it became official today because i guess there was a press conference about it so the redskins are going to quote unquote retire the name um, and there is no new name or logo or anything set up yet um, but I'm, I'm i'm very intrigued at how down the middle um or i guess how how It's not one-sided as far as a reaction to this. There's a lot of people that are all for this. There are a lot of people that can't stand this. Um, where, what side do you sit on,
1: Travis? <laughs> the out-loaded question, Steve. I love it. Um, oh, I, I, uh, I got you there. I happen to sit on the side of, for me personally, um, mm-hmm. I, I don't find these types of things offensive. Um, I don't find mascots. Um, I don't find mascots to be offensive, and um, for our uh, for our socially woke crowd out there, uh, my wife's going to hate me for saying this, but I have uh, I certainly have a decent percentage, uh, low number percentage of uh, of Native American in me, uh, which is a fun fact, Steve. Um, so I uh, I don't find these types of things to be to be offensive. I view it as um you know they're Washington Redskins that's the name of the team right um now I'm not one of these way way down the road folks that as they change the name are gonna go oh no I'm not calling you that you're the Redskins right like (laughs) I mean you change the name I'm not gonna live or die with it one way or the other but I'm more fascinated by this as uh kind of a continuation of the conversation we had a couple weeks ago man where we were talking about um about statues and historical artifacts and these types of things that are being, um, uh, uprooted and, 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 and pulled out of society. Right. So like where my head went right away is off the top of your head. Can you rattle off any other teams, uh, whether it's baseball, um, uh, football, uh, college, any other teams that have a questionable name, and I would just pause and ask, uh, where where does this go? Um, and is is this that big of a deal? And I don't want to be insensitive. I really don't. But I, as somebody that uh, I, I just I don't see this as being a we have to change this. Because is Florida State University changing it? They're the Seminoles. They got a guy coming out there on a horseback painted up in Indian uh, gear with a, you know, I don't even know what you can javelin of some sort that jams it in the middle of the stadium, 50 yard line at the beginning of the game. That seems, seems to be kind of on the same par, right? Where's it? Where's it stop? Your turn to jump in, Steve. So to answer your first question,
0: sports teams off the top of my head that are based off of native Americans, Florida state Seminoles, the Cleveland Indians, Actually, Southeast Missouri State University used to be the Indians, and then they got changed uh, to be a Red Hawk. Um, and I'm uh, Chicago Blackhawks in hockey. Um,
1: those are the more well-known ones. There's 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 a couple others, but yeah. Um, the, the point is, is there's a bunch of them. I mean, even if you think back, I mean, a lot of them have had mascot changes, right? Like Kansas City Chiefs, Atlanta Braves, uh, yeah. Illinois Fighting Illini. Now they've changed their mascot, but that that was a Native American, you know, mascot at one point in time. I mean, if you just kind of go around the whole country. I mean, they're it's it's everywhere. Here's here's what I would
0: combat here's my question that I would combat you on this one. Did you know that redskin is actually a slang term to describe an Indian?
1: I know. I, I mean I you can imagine it is. I mean, I. I right. Mean, I, you know what I mean. I mean, I did I know that? Did I? Right. Did I walk around calling Native Americans Redskins and uh, no. So, now um, I don't. I don't have deep. I'm not very
0: knowledgeable on Native American history, so I don't know if you know Black Hawk or Seminole or um, even you know. Um, oh my God! I'm, I'm bla- brave, you know the Braves and you know all that stuff. Like I know the tomahawk chop thing. I know they're they're probably taken away. I think they took away that. Actually, some part of last year, the Indian, the Cleveland Indians have talked about changing their name. They took off the mascot actually two years ago. Yeah, um, they're just see now. But I don't believe that any of those ter- those mascot names are offensive because they're not slang. So the fact that the Redskin, um, which was originally created by the the original owners of the Washington franchise, um, that is that is a slang term. So I'm actually for this, um, you know, because. Why not? Why not make it a more ceremonial name if you want to keep kind of the Native American idea as far as a mascot goes, um, instead of just calling you know calling calling them Redskins. Uh, now I have read a lot on this. I I, I thought it, I found it very interesting that in in 2016 that they actually did a survey um, that said nine out of ten Native Americans did not find the name Redskin. Offensive for a football team. Now they went back in 2019 and did a more thorough one, and I think it was like 70, almost 70 percent of those that were surveyed did find that offensive. And to me, that just means that the times are changing. You know, that was one of Bob Dylan's trademark name you know, sayings: "Was the times they are a changing." Uh, and sometimes you have to change with the times. And I think this name really signifies that but what i do want to share with you that i always that i thought found i found very interesting is the logo of the washington redskins was actually created by a native american it was uh back in 1971 it was designed by native american walter blackie wetzel uh it was to depict a member of the blackfeet tribe um and there's an article that's out there about the son of um walter wetzel talking about how hard of a deal this is for them um, because he made that logo to almost honor that tribe and 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 everything that kind of came along with it so i'm almost wondering if if and maybe they're doing this now they're being very mum on what they're going to do with the the new name and, and logo that working that the washington franchise needs to work with the native american community to find a way to have a name and logo that Actually, does a better job of commemorating that. So I'm all for changing it, just because the the actual name "Redskin" is a slang term. You wouldn't want to see that with any other race on a on a logo or, or name of a of a professional sport franchise. Um, and and the time times are changing. You have to change with the times. And if this is the way to do it, then then so be it. Um, I do know that people are going to group this in with all the others. I know people were talking about how um, you know somebody might find the Dallas Cowboys offensive because they're cowboys and they signify, you know, racism somewhere. I mean, that's a little bit of an extreme in, in my opinion, but um, you know, this is just one step and I, I think it can only improve the popularity of the Washington franchise, which by the way is hot garbage, but whatever.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's a, a good end to, uh, to a topic. All right. I guess we'll keep going with the sports thing. This will
0: be our last sports topic, and then we'll get into the uh, more mainstream topic. But so you and I are big baseball fans. Baseball is my favorite sport. I've said that 100 times on this podcast. Uh, and they're getting ready to kick things off. So they've started training. They've been doing exhibition games. I actually read somewhere today locally that the uh, Cardinals and the Royals will actually have an exhibition game next week in Bush Stadium that we can watch on Fox Sports. So What? what? Right. So the the thing that's happening right now, though, is you've seen a lot of players that are just opting out of the season, foregoing salaries, saying, you know what, it's not worth it. I'm just going to sit out this season. And it's really starting to get uh, some, some significant star power behind this. Um, now, I've got the list. But I want your opinions on this question. Do you think that. These players sitting out, including probably more to come as the season approaches. The season technically starts the twenty third of July, which is ten days from the day we're recording this. Do you do you legitimately think that this is actually going to jeopardize them playing this season? Uh,
1: I don't. I, I don't. I mean, I think that there's. I think there's enough uh, on the table right now that they need to that they're going to try to play. I th- I view it kind of like the NBA. You know they've had, they've had some people that have decided that they're, you know, not going to play. And you know, obviously, that's individual choice. There, I mean, if you I'm all for that, if you don't want to play, don't play. Um, certainly, don't expect a check if you're not going to play. But um, I think that, um, I think that it's, yeah. I, I mean, I, I just, I don't see it kind of curtailing the whole season, honestly. Um, I think with baseball in particular, uh, you have. I think they expanded the rosters too, if I'm not mistaken. But they, 25 guys, right? They're going to bust up to 30, I think, maybe this for the 60 game thing. Um, and, and the point I, I guess I'm trying to make is that there's plenty of guys in the minor leagues that are going to come up and play, and they're looking to make a name for themselves. So uh, they're not going to have any problem, in my opinion. And, and unless, you know, the big name guys, you know, um, a guy like Trout, um, a guy like, uh, Shoot, third baseman for uh, for Colorado, um, uh, Arenado. You know, un- unless you get those types of guys that say, "Hey, we're not playing," and you get a whole bunch of them, I, th- I think they're playing. So the
0: the rosters stand is this: so when the season starts, they're going to have thirty. Two mm-hmm. weeks after that, it goes down to twenty-eight, and then two weeks after that. It'll go to twenty six, and that's where it'll stay the whole season through the playoffs. Um, mm-hmm. Now there are no minor leagues; they completely canceled that, um, and so it's really basically everybody they've invited to the new tr- summer camp, as they're calling it. But mm-hmm. let me let me run let me run through this list uh, and get your opinion on them. So these are the people that have opted out of playing for the twenty twenty season. All right, um, let's hear. Mike Leake, former Cardinal, current <laughs> current Diamondback,
1: giving up five million.
0: Giving up five million dollars to not play this year.
1: I'm sorry, I'm playing, virus or not. <laughs> five million bucks. You don't get very many years to make five million bucks, man. Maybe that's just- uh, Ryan
0: Zimmerman of the Nationals, the longest-tenured Washington Nationals player. Um, Joe Ross, who is a a currently in the running as a fifth starter for the Nationals. Ian Desmond of the Rockies. He's kind of a more notable one. Um, his, that decision to just cost him $6 million. David Price of the now Dodgers, formerly
1: of the Red Sox. Yeah, that bro needs a couple years off, though, honestly. He's been <laughs> hot garbage. Hot garbage. <laughs> um, Tyson
0: Ross, who is the brother of um, – I said John Ross. I think I said meant to say Joe Ross. He these, they're the brother. He's a former Cardinal, currently plays for the Giants uh king felix felix hernandez who currently is pitching for the Braves, actually just signed a one-year deal i believe actually with them is essentially giving up that year of playing with them f- to not play uh nick marcakis who's not a well-known overall player but he's a well-known brave buster posey which i think is a, a kind of a huge one um they just adopted I, I, uh, twin girls um so he's sitting out the season um michael it's either kopich or kopich uh, he's a uh, he's a pitcher for the White Sox. He was going to be in their rotation, which is supposed to be pretty good this year. And then the last one, uh, who is just near and dear to our heart, uh, Jordan Hicks uh, of the Cardinals, who is the mm-hmm. who is the fastest uh, pitch in MLB history currently. Um, he actually has diabetes, um, and so he was citing health concerns. Um, but he was actually ready to start after going undergoing Tommy John surgery. So I think the main probably star powers probably david price um whether you believe he's good or not but what, what's interesting to me is so i'm with you here i think that no matter what there's going to be a season but i think it's also because mlb is way too desperate not to have a season you've got mike trout who has constantly talked about how he's just a com- very uncomfortable and playing this this year i mean he's got a, a wife who's about to have a, a you know, give birth to his, his child. Um, you know, so there's those kinds of concerns there. Um, but I think this is all just continuing to lead to a very bitter breakup when it comes to the end of the CBA. And so that, for that reason, uh, I think that's why they're going to play the season, but it's not going to be a good
1: thing if, if you know what <laughs> I mean. So um, They put you, I, this whole thing. I don't even know what to expect, honestly. Yeah.
0: It, it's it, It's been horrendous. Um, they're the worst organization at handling COVID-19, um, and you'll it'll be evident as you watch it throughout the entire season. So um, final headline I wanted to talk about, because I find this very, really interesting here. So there's an article that came out today. It's been all over kind of the mainstream news, NBC, uh, things like that, um, basically talking about how the White House is targeting um, the – um, head of this, I can't remember what his actual title is, but anyway, Doctor Fauci, the guy that you've seen, the very small guy so that that you know has kind of the raspy voice that's been talking about COVID nineteen since it began. He's kind of under fire. Uh, he's been he's kind of being targeted uh, by the White House. They essentially being told to add basically to just, just discredit him. Um, and the reason is because they have been talking about how, uh, he's just, he's been wrong a lot on a lot of things, but they also have been saying that his changing advice since this whole thing happened on wearing masks, remarks about COVID-19 severity. Um, you know, if you remember back in March and April, everyone talked about how we we could actually have a million people killed from this thing at one point, um, you know, we are currently at probably 135,000 confirmed deaths from COVID-19. Um, and the more that I, I, I really looked into it, the more that I realized that this is almost becoming a bitter divorce because, you, you know, if you're like me and my wife, when this whole thing started was we we're sitting there watching NBC News and we we're watching the daily COVID-19, you know, press conference at the White House. That's obviously been a lot less, uh, but it turns out. Dr. Fauci actually hasn't done any of those COVID briefings to the president in two months and actually hasn't even talked to the president in a month. Um, and there's just a lot of different different things on here. I, I definitely encourage people to kind of read it because it's, it's a little complicated. Um, but there's a lot of White House officials that basically say he's been wrong about a lot of things. A lot of it has been more agenda driven um, and that, you know, They respect him, but they take what he says with a grain of salt. I don't know about you, but I am completely. It just makes me more uncomfortable when it comes to this whole pandemic that we're in because he is one of the leading, uh, you know, scientists when it comes to infectious diseases. You know, he at one point uh, was working on um, stopping the eighth pandemic. Many, many, many years ago, he's worked under six presidents. It's really weird to me that you know now that. Trump's president he's for some reason it's just not working out I don't know why you know like seven times a charm I guess but um, I know you I know you said you haven't really heard a lot a whole lot about this but in the crazy times that we are in I just find this very fascinating um, and then before I give you the floor I want to give you a quote that I read from Admiral Brett I'm gonna butcher his name drawer he's the assistant US health secretary and he's part of this. Uh, pandemic task force, he told NBC News that doc, Dr. Fauci is not 100% right, and he always he also doesn't necessarily, he admits that, have the whole national interest in mind. He looks at it from a very narrow public health point of view. I just find that quote very fascinating and very interesting because part of me is, is is always going, well, why? And you know what's the reasoning behind all this? So just off the top of your head, what What the hell, what the hell's going on, Travis?
1: (laughs) I think this is another example of bad Trump. Uh, I, uh, I I don't like this move. I mean, even I I, I think when you, when you think about quality leadership, right? um, I I think it comes down to trusting your people. You put good people around you and you know that they've got your best interests in heart, right? Now, whether you're these people that kind of think he's been all over the place um, whether you feel like he's butchered this, whatever the case is, this guy's track record speaks for itself. I mean, he's a top infectious study, you know, uh, infectious disease uh, scientist, studied all this stuff. His entire career and life has been wrapped up uh, in this type of thing. And um, I, I know when I, when I hear and see stuff like this, kind of, I'm with you on, you don't really know what to think of it. And it, the only thing you can think is, you know, Trump... Trump's a little bit concerned about the outcome in a couple months. And, um, you know, it, it feels a lot like, and well, let's distance ourselves from this, um, you know, and, and, and make sure we have some degrees of separation. And I, I just don't like that style. I don't like that style about Trump. And and he's certainly been known to do that a, um, a good amount of times, honestly. I mean, think back to his whole administration has had a, a good number of people that, for whatever reason along the way, have— <laughs> you know, fell out of grace or whatever it is. And they, they, you know, they're not no longer with him. Uh, and I know changes happen all the time. I mean, how you could go back and, um, look up Obama and and certainly he had changes amongst people close to him, but it just seems like with Trump, there's a lot of, um, I I don't even want to use the words backstabbing, but it's the kind of word that's popping in my head that just I don't know. I, I just, I, I never liked this style. Um, there's a reason he's top of his field, you know? And, and at the end of the day, did he butcher the mask thing? You know, would, should, would it have been better to say, Hey, look, everyone needs to wear masks, but you can't go out and buy them. Cause we need them for the hospitals. That probably would have been better to say, instead yeah. of saying, Hey, don't wear them. But knowing that we would probably eventually need to wear them. Um, but I mean, it's hard to make those decisions, man, when you, you're you literally looking through a scope of a whole public crisis, you know? Right. It's easy to say that in the basement of my damn house talking to you, <laughs> you know? It's, it's harder to say that when you're going to get on live TV and, you know, yeah. hey, everyone needs a mask, but you can't buy them because we don't have enough to make sure medical people have them. Like, that, that's kind of a tough news to sell. So anyways, that's, I just, I don't like the side of Trump. He, he does do this from time to time, and um, it's a char- characteristic of him that I wish he would that he wouldn't do, but I think it's kind of priced in at this point, you know,
0: I think if you do your research, you do some lengthy research, Fauci has said some things that, um, that contradict what he's saying now. Um, but I think that that doesn't prove that he's not the leading expert. What I think that proves is that our country, let alone the world didn't do a damn thing about preparing for this or learning about it the way we probably should have to combat this, Um, and then, and when we, when it hit, you know, our pants were so far down, down to our ankles that, you know, we were still trying to, trying to pick them back up. Um, you know, so that, that's kind of what I, what I, what I, what I feel from that. Um, I did, it did. So the last time that, uh, Dr. Fauci confirmed to have seen Mr. Trump in person was
1: June 2nd. So it's a month and a half. So practice Thanks. in social distancing steve you don't have to see anybody nowadays you can just pop up on zoom there's gonna be a lot
0: more of that <laughs> stuff but uh I'm joking
1: good times good times <laughs> in dc um
0: dude right, let's uh let's jump
1: ahead insane. to the tom hanks thing i'm i'm pumped about this okay <laughs> so set the stage set all right
0: so stage. i really wanted to i really wanted to end the episode with this uh because it's something that i heard um actually in two uh, our uh on the radio than I actually saw on Twitter. So there's a contest that's out there, uh, that basically said, if you had to, if you could watch one, just one Tom Hanks movie, 365 days in a row. So you basically have to watch the same Tom Hanks movie for a year to win $6.5 million. What Tom Hanks movie would it be? Now, obviously this is in honor of the fact that he's got a movie that just came out on, on, Apple, uh, Apple plus, um, so, you being the big movie buff, Trav, <laughs> why don't you tell me which
1: ones you would consider? All right, so I got I, I narrowed it down to 3 and I'm uh, I'm needing your help to to pass me to over to the finish line. So, there's a beautiful movie that uh, our friend did back in 1989, which I I'm, uh, I'm going old school here and I'm uh, I'm curious if the, you're going to have expected this or not. Uh, but I'm going as a top 3 finalist turner and hooch do you remember that movie yes i absolutely love that movie <laughs> it's a great movie right i mean that one's solid it's it's in my three i don't think it's my winner but it's in my in my three
0: i gotta i can't i can't uh so i thought about that because i do love that movie but i don't think i could watch that dog die spoiler alert yeah I have a hard time watching, like, dogs (laughs) die in movies now. Yeah, I'm I'm with you. I mean,
1: mean, the money would be worth it, but I
0: don't know. I don't don't think I've got the stomach for it.
1: You don't want All right. Okay, so that's fair. Do you want to go back and forth, or you want me to finish off my three here? Finish off your three. All right, so coming in at what I think is going to be number two, unless you talk me out of it, uh, is 2016 uh, movie, Sully. Where Tom Hanks uh, plays the pilot who lands the uh, lands the plane on the Hudson River. Love that movie. I did not love like that it. movie. You you like that movie, Steve? I did not like that movie. Okay, all right. Now,
0: so, now to be fair, I haven't watched all of it, but it, I so here's here's another here's another piece of evidence of why I'm one of the weirdest people on the planet. I don't like watching movies based off of things that have happened in the last decade. Oh, I forgot. I love that. I love so, that. You know that movie with Mark Wahlberg, Patriot's Day, about the... Yeah. Uh,
1: great movie. I refuse to watch it. Nah, all right. Well, we like different movies, Steve. All right, so yeah. num- number one here, and I don't think you could ever talk me out of it, unless by chance I missed an unbelievable movie. Uh, I knew right when you brought this up, this was my movie. This is how well I know this is my favorite. 2002, Leonardo DiCaprio catch me if you can the best tom hanks movie ever made i'm going on record right now that's my number three. Oh, all right so maybe i do know a thing or two about movies mr movie buff i love 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 that movie so that's my number three so yeah i that's just
0: that that's just um i'm sorry which one you said that you, you said catch me if you can right
1: yeah, catch me if You okay. can is I it was my
0: number one going into it. I'm looking at the list here and I saw the terminal, which is came around, uh, right around the same time, and I didn't like that movie either. So um yeah, so catch me if you can is is, is a good one because that one I'm always thoroughly entertained. That's a movie for me that if, if I'm flipping channels and I see it on there, I stop. Same. My second one, um Honestly, I had to go Forrest Gump. And here's and here's my logic behind it. Have you ever been to Bubba Gump Shrimp Company? Yeah. You know how it's playing on repeat? (laughs) Yes. If you're there long enough, which most of the time people are, you're essentially watching it twice. So I could do that for 365 days, and it's a wonderful movie. It's a classic. Um, Um, Who's your number one, Steve? So I've got a... This might be cheating a little bit, but... One, I got a one on a 1A. <laughs> of course you do. <laughs> of course. Um, so 1A is a league of their own. I don't know if I ever watched that. Wow, you call yourself a sports fan.
1: No, I, yeah, I mean, I'm sure I've seen it. It's from old times, but.
0: That's where the line, there's no crying in baseball came from.
1: That's uh, a great line.
0: Yeah, you're goddamn right. Um, <laughs> that's 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 a pretty good one. But for me, number one, um, it's got to be Toy Story. <laughs> you can call me you can call me a dork all God. you want, but that's uh, that is one of my favorite animo- animated movies of all time. Actually, Toy Story two is one of my favorite animated movies of all time. I literally can watch it through. I can almost probably quote it honestly, but. If I had to sit there for 365 days a year, I would watch Toy Story.
1: All right. Well, fair enough. So, who do you
0: think who, who do you think would would win that? You or me? Because <clears throat> that's you the said, same thing over and over again. Just watching one of those movies, the same thing over and over again for
1: 365 days, for two hours and a half. half yeah. Oh, I mean, I i certainly wouldn't lose i mean i we, i guess we could tie but <laughs> for six and a half mil I, I could watch catch me if you can every day no doubt you, you think you're taking home that check huh yeah i'm certainly not losing it i, that, that I will say
0: <laughs> all righty well, that's gonna that's gonna start wrapping some things up here so we're gonna jump into our shout outs of the week um Wanted to do another shout out. Get a shout out again to the uh, Minglewood Brewery Company uh, in Cape Girardeau. Um Really, it was just great, great experience watching them. You know, put put the cans together for me to take home. Their food is phenomenal. Um, great service. Social distancing was in place. There wasn't a whole lot of people uh, super close to each other. Um, and then we'll I'll. Uh, I think Travis will agree with me on this one. We'll send a, uh, a special shout out to our, uh, our partner in crime, uh, Lucas Sternberger, who always lets us stay in his house no matter what he has going on in his life or um, how many people come over to stay on whatever weekend we got going on. Um, he always says yes. So big shout out to you, buddy. Thanks for letting my wife and I stay there. Um it's, i feel like i feel like one of those rooms are permanently mine because i always stay in the same room so <laughs> there you go i love it i love so it. all right you got any parting words for us
1: now we uh we appreciate the continued support if you're out there listening send us a dm let us know what you think uh add to the conversation certainly appreciate any uh, reviews and sharing of the podcast it certainly helps us uh continue to grow and uh and push our uh push our objective here. Um and then last but not least, I will uh I will ask for one favor. Uh if you know of anybody that you think would make an excellent interview podcast guest, um we're getting probably we're scheduled I feel like probably pretty good through the end of July, uh but then uh we're we're starting to feel like we're ready to flap our wings and get some people on here that Steve and I don't know. Um and really challenge challenge you guys to um, uh, maybe some new ideas. So if you can think of anybody that you know or a friend of a friend or anybody like that, please reach out to us, send us a DM and uh we would uh we would love to chat with you guys and uh, see if it's a good fit. So uh again, appreciate you guys listening.
0: Absolutely. You can share any of that information with us on all the socials, uh email, things like that. So um thanks again for taking the time to listen to us uh for both of us here at the Happy Hour Hangout podcast. One final cheers to you. Cheers.